Hey guys, coming to you with a Black Business Celebration. This week we celebrate the Mermaid Mixes. She actually had a cool concept. Um, she is TABC licensed. She does uh, private events and special occasions in Houston, Texas. But you can also go to her website, themermaidmixes.com, and check out her mixes, and she will mail them directly to you. How cool is that? So go ahead and check out her website and support a black business today. Hey, Lena. Hey. We are just waiting for our special guest. Guys, we do have a permanent special guest. She'll be on a few episodes with us. So <laughs> this one is going to be a little fun. So much fun. All right, Miss Niara, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing great. All right, so we are all here. Um, last week, guys, we took a mental break, but we are back this week. We are going to take a look at mental health in the Black community. We're also going to give our views and opinions on why mental health is not commonly talked about in the Black community. And we're also going to take a look at some of the barriers. But before we start, if you or someone you know are experiencing suicidal ideations, please reach out to the suicide hotline at 800-273-8255. So how are you ladies? Good. (laughs) (laughs) So what do y'all think about Donald Trump with uh, COVID? I just, I wanted to ask that. I don't know why. It's just weird with Mercury retrograde coming up, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know he's a whole character child. <laughs> but I, re- I do remember I had read something like in the cards on something happening in October. So I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. What do you think, Niara? I don't even know how to even answer. I don't know what my thoughts are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. Well, I don't yeah. know. I'm like, maybe, maybe this will, you know, make him wear his mask out I know he's been like <laughs> mask averse for so long so maybe he'll start wearing his mask and like take it seriously I don't know maybe these other people will too because people have been acting like coronavirus isn't real anymore for some reason I, I see speaking look speaking of mental health how do y'all feel like <laughs> Donald Trump okay but anyway we'll go ahead and get started uh ladies so the first question is what is your connection and experiences with mental health can go um, first. I'm going to go first mm-hmm. because I don't have the background that you and y'all have, you know, the education, the background y'all have. So my connection is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, my connection is that I personally struggle with depression and anxiety. You know, mm-hmm. um, my first experience with dealing with depression was when my aunt passed away from a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. And I low-key think that she also struggled with um, some untreated mental illness that caused her to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, after her death, I didn't eat. I didn't get out of bed. I didn't shower. I didn't do none of that. You know, I, 
I really didn't seek treatment at that time. It's just time kind of passed and I got somewhat better, but not 100%. And then the next year, my granddaddy died. My my marriage was, girl, that's a whole nother episode. But, um, John had just did his two tours in Iraq. You know, the girls was young and it was just so much going on at once that you know I needed to to actually deal with my mental health you know my grandma did have Alzheimer's and dementia in her late age mm-hmm. and I also have like family members that I don't some some are diagnosed with bipolar disorder and then there are some that are undiagnosed that I feel should be diagnosed but that's mm-hmm. <laughs> story and you know for the longest time my religious family they didn't even believe in seeking medical treatment for their mental health. They always turn to God for healing. And, you know, if if they had like any mental issues, they always said that, you know, this is the devil and the demons and, you know, this is demonic. We can cast these spirits out and, you know, their mind can be healed, you know, but that's another episode again. But, you know, this is my <laughs> mental health. Mm. And what about you, Niara? Um, so I have a long history with mental health, <laughs> but uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist associate. Um, I'm also a licensed professional counselor intern. Um, I like fell in love with psychology back in high school when I took my first psychology class. And ever since then, I've been like fascinated with the human mind and how it works and behavior. And so... I went to get my bachelor's in psychology and I got my master's degree in clinical mental health. And I've been working in the mental health field now for over eight years. Um, I've done a little bit of everything in the field. I used to conduct research in a lab for Parkinson's disease. Um, I worked in group homes, mental hospitals, community mental health agencies. I do private practice now, so done a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. All right, now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mine, <laughs> I studied psychology and earned my master's of art in psychology. Um, my day-to-day job is working with those who have mental illness. Um, I'm also a certified life coach. Certified. Certified. Yeah, I said that right. <laughs> life coach. Certified. Um, <laughs> Personally, um, I did have a friend commit suicide due to PTSD. Uh, he was military. I have a number of family members who should be diagnosed. <laughs> no, <laughs> they are not. Um, I my, myself, uh, I experience anxiety a lot. I, uh, I'm a worry ward. That's, that in itself is a mental illness to me when you over worry. Yeah. Um, hopefully you know this episode helps a lot of people who are in in that same boat because of course untreated mental illness it does snowball into stuff and basically you know it ends up with suicide most of the time so we are hoping to reach out to a lot of people during this episode so the next question is although mental illness is prominent in the black community Why do you think it is not talked about that much amongst Blacks? 
I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Have y'all heard the um the New York Times uh 1619 project? Um, Look, Lena be right? Lena be reading some articles. <laughs> so the okay, if y'all ain't listened to 1619, you need to listen to it. We listened to it last year during Kwanzaa. Um, me and my family but uh, there's an episode on the project titled Bad Blood and in the episode it kind of highlighted how how black people didn't have equal access to medical care mm-hmm. like during slavery after emancipation hell even today you know black people still don't have the same access to health insurance or medical right. care and one of the reasons why black people aren't talking about mental health is because they they don't have the access mm-hmm. you know um also in the episode they highlighted the fact that black people don't trust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the healthcare system you know black people have historically been guinea pigs yeah they talked about the Tuskegee experiment where the black men infected with syphilis went untreated just so they can study the effects of the disease. You know, right. they, they told these men that they were being treated for quote unquote bad blood and you know, we can give you free health care. And this experiment went on for 40 years. They watched the people, the men, um, you know, the effects of syphilis, they developed lesions, they were losing their eyesight, like their brains were literally turning into yeah. mush. Mm-hmm. And they just watched them and documented and studied this. And the crazy part about it was that penicillin could have treated the the, mm-hmm. the syphilis, and they didn't even give them the the treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, a combination of access and mistrust is you know one of the reasons why you know black people don't even talk about mental health or even physical health. Mm-hmm. All right. Miss Niara? I agree. I literally, when I was writing my notes and preparing, that's literally the same thing that I was talking about. Um, the mistrust, I think that's a huge part of it. Like, the mm-hmm. Tuskegee experiment was traumatic for the Black community. Like, and it was so traumatic and such a huge part of history that, like, it's even in history books, which a lot of Black history is not in history books, but they made sure to put that in there because of how traumatic that was. It was so many low-income African-American men in particular. And like Lena said, they just, they had the treatment. They just did not give the treatment. And so these men were getting sick or they were dying. They were passing it on to their family members. And then later on to find out like they could have been treated and been fine all this time right you know it, it just leads yeah. to the mistrust and also like lena was talking about earlier i feel like black people are known to be religious and spiritual and i feel like those things play a role in it as well um because mm-hmm. like she was saying a lot of times things get you know kind of swept under the rug like you know pray about it you know god will take care of it you know that type of thing mm-hmm. um instead of like hey let's let's talk about this let's see like maybe we need to get you connected with someone so um right i i think both of them definitely play a role in why it's not talked about as much amongst black people Mm, okay 
I believe it has a lot to do with our upbringing um, and the stigma that was created in our community around it. Um, I also feel that we have a big disconnect with understanding mental illness. I I think we, everything that you guys spoke of contributes to that stigma, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to, let's say you're at a family reunion, it's a person with mental health is always shunned. Like you have your uncle Johnny over there. Oh, y'all know uncle Johnny crazy. Don't go talk to him. Don't go do that. So it's the stigma that we developed around it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also seen as a lack of strength in our community. And especially for our black males, it is, I mean, if I was a man, would you want to ask for help for mental illness? (laughs) You know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel African Americans can benefit from seeking help for a mental illness? Um, I just feel like, you know, your mental health, it, it can affect your physical health. Well, it does affect your physical health. Mm-hmm. So, your mental health is just as important as your phys- physical health. Like, if you're going to the doctor for your checkups and your physicals, like, you need, like, a mental health checkup. No. <laughs> yeah. Well. You know, and you know, even if you think about it, like stress and depression, it can affect you physically, and you can like manifest physical ailments mm-hmm. stemming from mental ailments, like the stress and the depression. You can get high blood pressure from stress. Um, you can develop ulcers, heart disease. All these things can be triggered from your mental health. So you know, treatment of the mental health will improve your physical health, which will improve your quality of life, your relationships, your job, your career, you know, and, you know, those who suffer from mental health, health issues, illnesses, they're more, more likely to like, um, self-medicate and, you know, substance that can lead to addiction and some other problems that lie with addiction. So, you know, if you take care of yourself mentally, you know, I feel like, like you said, it's a snowball effect. If you take care of your mental, it'll affect you physically as well. Right. Right. Um, I think everybody can benefit from from getting help for any type of mental disturbance. Like we was saying, you could just be stressed. Sometimes life is just a whole lot and you need somebody to talk to. Um, but mm-hmm. I think definitely when people have some type of you know mental illness or definitely if they have a a, like established diagnosis I think it's very important for them to seek help for that um I think we all can benefit from having like an unbiased you know party that we can talk with you know share our thoughts Mm -hmm. help you know sort out Mm -hmm. everything that's going on up there so I think that's good and I think it's particularly important for African Americans because we got a lot of healing that we need to do as a community Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're dealing with that generational stuff on top of just daily life stress Mm -hmm. and so we need a healthy Mm -hmm. outlet and all the time friends and family just can't cut it right yeah (laughs) because they don't have the tools they don't have that knowledge right I feel like, of course, um, there would be less suicides. Uh, of course, I'd have to put that part in there. But I feel like this would aid in breaking generational cycles. Um, it would also help in 
us normalizing mental health if you know we get help um it also give us an understanding of mental health once you go see listen guys your mental health professional probably need mental health so, <laughs> everybody <laughs> I mean, you know like we all like niara and lena said we all go through something um and it's generational it's not it's not you know just stuff like it's stuff everyday everyday stuff that we go through um especially now with everything that's going on with racism i think that would be a good idea to get you know some mental health practices but we also need to know that it's not infirm to seek help or knowledge about mental health i just also feel society is programmed and it's programmed in a way that hinders the black race so Mm -hmm. you know our reality is a white male can shoot up a school and they can say he suffers from mental illness where a black man with mental illness he has to hide from his truth so I think that oh, not only that a black man with mental illness can get yeah. shot dead mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know what I mean so right I just think that we, <laughs> yeah we all need it African Americans need it and it's it's generational mm-hmm. All right, so who's next? Go, go, Lena, with the questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, according to the Mental Health American, um, African Americans are more often diagnosed with schizophrenia and less often diagnosed with like mood disorders compared to whites. Why do you think that is? Oh, Mira, oh you sure. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the the initial thing that I thought of when I was reading that was like, we got to figure out where the diagnosis comes from. And as mental health professionals, mm-hmm. we have a diagnostic manner manual that we use as like a set of guidelines. So we can know, you know, a person needs this diagnosis or that diagnosis. And I think the biggest problem with it is that it was created largely by white middle-class males. So they're, you know, psychologists and and things like that. So they're educated people, but their experiences, um, you know, as mental health professionals are different because, I mean, how many, like you said earlier, Michelle, like how many, you know, black men are going to a a middle class white male for mental health issues? Not Mm -hmm. many. It's not happening like that so I think their um, the diversity of their clients um, impacts the way that it's even written in the diagnostic manual and then mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of that people people are people so we all have biases whether you want to admit it or not we all have certain biases and those biases color the lens that we use to view other people so as mental health clinicians our job is to be aware of those biases so that when we are presented with people of other cultures we're not automatically seeing someone and saying like oh okay you know this this person needs that diagnosis easy like you know you're actually listening to the the set of symptoms the client is coming with you're asking deeper questions you're trying to find out what is really going on here and for people with biases against black people they might hear something like oh, uh, Jesus talks to me all the time, or I talk to Jesus, or, you know, I I see my dead relatives and we have conversations and stuff. And they might think, oh, 
this person's hallucinating, we're gonna diagnose them with schizophrenia, when maybe that's not mm-hmm. the whole story. Maybe that doesn't tell the whole truth. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, separating myself from work and stepping into conspiracy theory a little bit um, I see more black people waking up and getting in touch with their ancestors and like you said seeing dead people and they're being more open to that spiritual side and you know connecting with their mediumship or their you know their psychic side so I think that has a lot to do with it um, I think that diagnosis is to kind of shut that down a little bit Um, But I also believe the outcomes are strictly to contribute to negative statistics in regards to black Americans. Possible. That's it. That's that's how I feel. Oh, okay. Conspiracy. All right, y'all. Don't judge me. Yeah. Outside my my rim, my scope. So I had, I I honestly thought they were the same thing. I was like, am I reading the question right? I don't, what's the difference? So I had to kind of like research a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my research states that, you know, racial bias can attribute to this. You know, um, there was a study done and it was found that they applied different decision rules to African-Americans and white patients when they're judging the presence of schizophrenia. So, you know, like Michelle kind of said, they want to cook the books and kind of skew the numbers so that it mm-hmm. appears that blacks are more schizophrenics than whites. But I think it's just overall just bias. So you know, just, y'all think they already had their mind made up, like so? <laughs> I think they hear that certain part. things, and like that's the end of the story. We're not asking any more mm-hmm. questions. Like, oh, you hear things? Okay, Ooh, schizophrenia. That's it. Like, <laughs> right, right. Check that yeah. out. Check that out. Right. That's true. Yeah. But I think I think when you look at the numbers, like, because uh, you are, you have to remember we already had that that stigma in our community, so I think they you look at the numbers and it's like black people crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the way part. I feel about it. <laughs> that bias, racial bias. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next question was, uh, why do you think black people are conditioned to be concerned about the stigma of a mental illness? rather than the results of an untreated mental illness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I feel like it comes from a standpoint of protection. Um, Mm -hmm. where like it's I'm gonna keep you safe, so I'm not gonna, you know, potentially get you diagnosed with this thing because I don't know how they're gonna treat it and I don't trust that they're gonna do a good job, I can take care of you myself type of thing. Um, Also, I feel like poverty kind of has been a problem um, as well because uh, like Lena was Mm -hmm. saying earlier, there's lack of access. So when you have lack of access and the people who need it most don't have access, you know, they... It's kind of a thing that you fear, a thing that you don't even consider. So I think, I think we got a lot of issues <laughs> regarding mental illness in the community. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the same thing. Um, the lack of access to the resources. Um, but I also feel like it it is something that is passed down. And I think most of my answers are surrounding this. I feel like it's something we're taught to fear. It's something we don't understand. Um, and that could be because of lack of access to resources. Um, but it's something that we don't understand. So we fear it. You fear what you don't understand. And um, it the results are it leans towards suicide so um i think that we should look into that more and people should study that more way more than we do i agree and um when niara said protection i thought she stole my answer (laughs) so you stole my answer but i was thinking more or less perception you know i think it kind of boils down to perception you know, I know for my extended family that would, you know, pray and excuse mental illness as devils and demons. It was all about that perception, that front that they wanted to to appear like they like they're not weak or or uh, not weak. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but the stigma, I, I guess, you know, I'm getting tongue tied. But they didn't want to appear, you know, that negative way. They didn't want to be labeled as crazy, you know. You become your mental illness and you're you're judged by that illness so i feel like it's protection and perception but then again, I mean. then again you got to think about it as african-americans we don't have a lot of down days to recover from a mental illness either we have to keep going like keep going and keep right. going so i think it's um overload sometimes too with hey, I don't, you know, I'm not paying no attention to that. I don't have no time for no downtime. I don't have no time for no rest days, no self-care, no nothing. So right, I think that, that contributes too. to it too. Mm-hmm, that part. Alrighty, so how has the engagement in mental health services been prob- problematic for African-Americans? So we talked a little bit earlier about African-Americans receiving misdiagnoses and things like that when they're receiving mental health care. So I feel like that is a problem in and of itself. And then um, when you think about that, you know, receiving certain diagnoses means that you could be prescribed some pretty intense medication that might make it difficult to work or make it difficult to function. Um, And that could completely disrupt the household the the black community is already mm-hmm. you know had has enough issues and then you know to add people that are heavily medicated you know on top of that especially if you're the breadwinner in the family that you know is taking these medications and now you know you can't operate machinery and things on some of these medications and stuff it it makes people mm-hmm. less likely to want to commit to that so they'll just struggle through it Mm -hmm. right sweep it under the rug Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I think um the support of the community so this again goes back to the stigma um I'm gonna get a lot of slack for this but I'm gonna say it because it's it's true um it is not all partially sometimes um I see white people who are fully supported you know like uh there's more sympathy involved in their treatment from all angles you know with their family members their friends are more understanding whomever it is versus a black person I feel like we're labeled instead of diagnosed so when I'm saying that 
I just mean that we are more judged by our peers, family members. Um, like I gave the example of <laughs> Uncle Johnny. Um, you know, we're more judged by them than supported. So this isn't always the case, but mostly it does occur due to that stigma that we were taught. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like, you know, poor mental health is more common amongst, you know, those impoverished than those who are more affluent, you know. So like like Michelle said, you know, they're diagnosed mm -hmm. where we're labeled, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like slavery and discrimination continues to influence our social, economic and health standing. Like, and it's always going to be problematic and we don't have the same, I said, said it before, we don't have the same access to the healthcare. So it's, it's just always going to be problematic until we get those, yeah. the, the access and they equal the yeah. playing field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and my last question was, what kind of mental health practices do you find most helpful? I like it too. I like really this serious. question. Different. <laughs> um, I feel like it's different from person to person. Um, but I personally believe in the importance of well-roundedness. Um, so I think it's important to look at all the areas of your life and make sure that they're balanced. Um, and for me personally, that's when I feel my best when I'm, you know, spreading the love to every different area and not just focused on one. Um, so every week I try to do like a check-in to make sure that I'm addressing my, my physical health, my intellectual, social, environmental, occupational, spiritual, emotional, all that good stuff, making sure that nothing is mm -hmm. lacking too bad. So we can get it back in balance before it... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I took the approach with looking at relationships because they play a huge part in your life. Um, I think creating healthy, reliable brotherhoods and sisterhoods. Um, so, you, you know, you have those people that you can talk to, vent to, um, and maintaining those healthy connections. Also, avoiding traumatic bonding, which is bonding due to a common traumatic event, which that when I was kind of that's not always bad but if you're feeding off of or exchanging negative energy then that kind of takes a toll on your mental health and you you know how you always have that that one friend that's always <laughs> a negative Nancy or something Ooh, <laughs> you got to stay away from her to keep that yeah. or, or even that yeah. could be a boyfriend yeah. a spouse anybody family member probably mm -hmm. right energy vampires um, mm -hmm. Stay away from those. Self-care is becoming popular, but um, as Niara said, you have to make sure that you're not only doing that physical self-care, but that um, mental, spiritual, and emotional. So that's what I believe is helpful. Yeah, and I, I feel like seeking help is a sign of strength, not weakness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just even accepting the fact that you need help is a step in the right direction. You know, um, I stated before that I suffer from depression and anxiety. And for the longest, I refused to, you know, seek help. You know what I mean? But, you know, I did. And, you know, I had to make myself understand that this isn't a weakness. This does not make me weak. 
you know, we had an episode where we talked mm. about strong black woman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, a part of me was just like, you know, if I succumb to this or if I admit to this, it makes me weak. Yeah. And that's not true. Um, I also feel that, you know, when you are seeking that help, you know, you need to find somebody that understand our plight, you know. Um, for example, my daughter, she was being bullied and she was cutting herself, she was harming herself. So we, you know, we went and, and sought therapy for her. And her therapist was <laughs> a bad black woman girl. But oh, that's awesome right. that it was a black woman. Yes, girl. And I was just so relieved that, you know, I mean, she couldn't tell me what they talked about, but, you know, I just, I was just so relieved that she could see yeah. herself in, yeah. in her therapist. You know what I mean? And not only that, the therapist can relate to her culturally. So, you know, those are all very helpful practices. Um, you know, I also find meditation, you know, reading is very helpful for me. You know, your brain is a muscle. You have to exercise it. You know, any creative outlets I feel are helpful too. Mm, okay. All right, Miss Nair, we're ready right. for your question. <laughs> so, the concept of mental health has become more mainstream in the last few years. Do you see that trend in the African American community? All right, I'll go ahead and go first. Um, I do. But my main concern, and I don't want to sound like a negative <laughs> Nancy here, um, is it, I don't want it to yeah. be a social media fad. Like, you know, um, having health, healthy mental health, uh, having a healthy mental health life is maintaining. It involves serious self-reflection, facing a lot of your fears. And a lot of us are taught avoidance. So um, sometimes it's a family effort. Sometimes, you know, you have to get people involved, but it's, it's like digging deep and getting down in there it's not just me posting it on social media um so I do oftentimes wonder like are we really doing the work or are we just posting about it however I do love that it's trending um and I think becoming mental health positive is needed in our community to break or heal generational traumas yeah and I agree you know I I have seen the trend and I'm here for it I I support it 100%, you know, and not only that, I just feel like, you know, yeah, I don't want it to be a fad either, but, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because, you know, technology and these social media platforms are so accessible, mm -hmm. I feel like because we kind of lack access, and I'm not saying it's a yeah. bootleg therapy, but you know what I mean? It's something that you can't <laughs> access, you know, I mean? <laughs> you know, you can access the social media, you can access the podcast, you can access those things, you know, and I just feel like, you know, you just have to take it a step further. You know, they're shining the light to mental health, health awareness, you know, mm -hmm. where we once used to sweep it under the rug. So I'm, I'm yeah. here for it. I, okay. I feel that I see the trend in the African-American community as well. And I'm so happy for it. I'm all for it. Um, I don't 
like like Michelle said, I really don't want it to become fat. But even if it is, I'll take it because this is the most we've ever talked about <laughs> mental health. And so I'm like, let's do it. Let's ride it. <laughs> yes. Um, but I've seen so many different initiatives trying to connect therapists of color with the people of color who need help. And so I'm so happy for it. Like they have therapy for black girls, black men heal, Ayana, um, therapy for black men. My friend created an app for uh, black therapists where they can be connected with, you know, people of color. It's Go ahead on and promote days. that app. Shout out to Allison. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I'm, okay. I'm, just, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I've seen lots of people, my colleagues included, who are seeking their own therapy and healing and they're recommending it to other people. So I feel like it's doing more good than harm even if it is a bad. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, look, y'all like this negative Nancy over there. <laughs> but I'm just, I hope that we are doing the work. Like you have to do right. that work to, you know, passing it down to your kids and all that stuff. Yeah. Just get, do your work. You can right. post about it all I you agree. want, but do your work. <laughs> so what kind of mental health services or practices need to be implemented in our community? more mental health professionals who look like us y'all have brought it up Boom. earlier um, we have the the low trust for the medical professionals or mental health professionals and i just think that that trust is built with somebody who looks like you who understands you um, we also need to start early with our kids normalizing mm-hmm. positive mental health practices um, you know, normalize your child self-expression. And we have that real bad, but it's generational, not of allowing our children to express themselves. They are people too. So you can't, you can't tell them how to think, normalize that self-expression and becoming their outlet. Um, if, if it's, if they, Hey, cause these kids nowadays can tell you, Hey, you being a bad mom. So even if, you know, even if that may be the case, normalize that, normalize them speaking up so that if by chance they have trauma or triggers they can recognize those at an early age um Mm -hmm. and they're you know they're able to work through those events with acceptance and moving past that stigma that um our parents 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 created so yeah yeah i agree i agree i feel like you know we do need uh black therapists black doctors access to care access to health insurance um i agree and you know, when I, I was reading that, if when you're choosing your, your doctor or your therapist, you should ask certain questions to kind of gain their sense of yeah. uh, cultural sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And who are most culturally sensitive to us? Yeah. Our fellow Black people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I would love, love, love to see more Black therapists. Like, I, I tip my hat to, to you ladies for pursuing that those careers and and choosing those fields because I know it's not always pretty, especially <laughs> when it ain't. It, ain't, it can get downright ugly, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, and not, you know, we share same clients, so mm-hmm. I, I see them because I provide resources, you know, for them um, in my day career. But you yeah. see them because you're treating them for their mental health. So right. you know, mm-hmm. being on, on this side of the desk. So I can only imagine how y'all deal with 
day to day. So like I said, we, I love to see more black women, black people, black doctors. I have to agree with both okay. of you. I feel like we have to get more black people in mental health professions. Like we need, I feel like we need more black people in every profession, mm-hmm. but <laughs> for the purpose of this conversation, for, for mental health <laughs> professions, like we need more black psychologists who do the research on how our people, our communities are affected by mental illness and trauma. Um, we need more black psychiatrists to right. diagnose us correctly and prescribe, you know, medications that'll actually help mm-hmm. what we need and not, you know, debilitate us. Um, or maybe even who can provide a holistic, a more natural approach to improving mental illnesses. Um, we need more black social workers no. and therapists to create a safe space for people of color to disclose their pain so that they have the opportunity to heal from it. We need more black school counselors to identify you know, which children need the additional help, who needs that mental health intervention at an early age so that we can, you know, act sooner um, before it completely derails their education because early detection can make a difference. Right. And so I think when we see more black mental health professionals, then it might begin to make us as a community feel more comfortable with getting the help we need. Agreed. So do you feel that the lack of diversity in mental health providers affects the view African Americans have about mental health? <laughs> and again, absolutely. Um, there's a distrust, and that's due to the history. Like we have PTSS, uh, that is post traumatic slave syndrome. <laughs> Um, so subconsciously, you know, subconsciously, we question everything that's been told to us by, and I'm not going to, I said PTSS, so by white physicians. Uh, um, I would contribute a lot of that to uh, the breakdown of not having someone who could relate to you. So we second guess, get second guess the information, sweep it under the rug, and we go on being untreated. And yeah, I agree. Uh, and I said that earlier in this in a response. Historically, we don't we don't trust doctors, you know. And if we, how to say it, we we don't trust doctors. I mean, we're more comfortable amongst ourselves. So the lack of diversity in the mental health providers, you know, I'm not gonna talk to this old white man about my issues as a black you know, woman in America, like, you're not going to sympathize or empathize. You are all lives matter when I'm a black, black, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I just feel like, you know, because we don't have that diversity, you know, we just kind of keep it, but not bottled up, but we either self-medicate or, you know, have unhealthy outlets where as we had that diversity and we had that person that we can trust you know, and be diagnosed correctly, then we can have better mental health. <laughs> okay, I'm going on a ramble. Okay. <laughs> I agree with, with both of you. Um, I feel like it's hard to feel like this is a service that you should get um, when you don't see people that look like you that's providing it. Um, so it's hard to feel like you mm-hmm. belong at a you know, 
know, therapist's office because this is weird. Like, you know, if you walk into a mental health agency and you see, you know, black therapists and black people in the waiting room, then maybe you'll feel more comfortable, you'll feel more safe that it's worth actually trying it out to see if it's for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last question. What do you feel are the major contributing factors that negatively impact African Americans' mental health? Um, yeah. Transgenerational stigmas, um, the mindset that's passed down, as we spoke about earlier. We also fear being judged and shamed. So, societal conditioning has caused us not to ask for help. But I do hope we continue to be uh, vociferous in the fight against the stigma um, that Black people have, Black yeah. African Americans have developed um, about mental health. You know, we continue to speak out against that. Um, educate. Education is really big. You don't, just because you don't have that degree don't mean that right. you can't educate yourself on mental health. Yeah, so. That's the way I feel about it. And I just feel like, you know, well, research shows that... I love it. Lena always hit us with that. Well, research shows. <laughs> research shows that exposure to violence, incarceration, and involvement in the foster care, foster care system, it increases the chances of developing mental illness. And so who are more prone to be exposed to those things? Mm -hmm. we are you know what I mean so that racism um, the generational curses like you said um, the <laughs> post-traumatic slave syndrome you know um, I've said this several times the little to no access to health care you know all of these are contributing factors um, I was reading that when it comes to health care uh, the, the working class they they get their health care from their jobs but because their jobs are you know minimum the health care isn't the, the health insurance that's provided is minimum you know what i mean so it's like you don't have that access and then those that are lower income and they do qualify for medicaid or what have you there's yeah. no diversity in the health care providers so just like it's a damned if you do damn if you don't but it's a lot of you know factors and i just hope that this episode you know will just start that process like michelle said you don't have to go to school to educate yourself on mental health right. uh, mental health um yeah. i feel like there's a lot of major contributor contributors to what's negatively impacting mental health of african americans i feel like we have Covert racism, overt racism, systemic racism, lack of healthy outlets for stress, unresolved generational trauma. We got a bunch of stuff going on. And like African Americans deal with this on a day to day basis. You know, we're constantly trying to assimilate into the society without appearing to be a threat. Right? <laughs> so, 
We deal with little little mm-hmm. statements that coworkers and quote unquote friends say that might make us feel uneasy or feel some type of mm. way. But I mean, <laughs> you, if you say something about it, you could risk, you know, being thought as the You're aggressor. The aggressor. Um, yeah. And, you know, where I grew up, mm-hmm. there were people who proudly waved their Confederate flags. Proudly. <laughs> okay. Mm. I'm from a little county. Where are you from? Virginia, Virginia, Dinwiddie County. Shout out to anybody who knows where that is. But, <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but they, right? I look for it. Oh, um, it's, they, well, it's so much pride <laughs> for the Confederate flag there. And it's not just white people, it was like Asians and, you know, everybody that was so proud of the Confederate flag. And, you know, they brag on the names of the Confederate leaders and everything. And we just deal with it, <laughs> right? You know, if you bring up the conversation, they're like, I just got pride, mm-hmm. pride mm-hmm. in the South. And I'm like, okay. But, you know, we know the damage that was done to our people specifically by the people who flew the confederate flag so many years ago you know we remember why the Mm -hmm. south fought against the north and why that you know why that flag means what it means Mm -hmm. for us as black people so you know we we deal with a lot of things and like lena was saying you know we deal with making less money or being locked out of certain positions not because we're not qualified, but because we don't have access or, you know, the people on the decision making boards aren't of color. Right. And so they're not necessarily looking for someone of color. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a country that continues yeah. to incarcerate our people at alarming rates. We vent to family and friends, but yeah. they have their own stuff. Yeah. They're dealing with their own trauma. And so they can't always be receptive. So we got a lot. And we have we have a president that is <laughs> without revealing <laughs> who you're voting for, but um I do think that um black people's mental health has probably gotten worse. Yes. Within the last four years. Um it's not that racism it has increased, it's it's just being shown. It's allowed to yeah. be yeah. celebrated out loud. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, that yeah. is. It tough. feels like we're taking a step back. That's a lot, time. right like, there. We on went the back zone. sixty years. Like it's, <laughs> it's rough. Right, <laughs> right. Like Jim Crow. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure if they could make us slaves again, they some, some, you know, they all. probably would. But, but <laughs> well, okay, correction. <laughs> I, the the administrate. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it's more um, yeah it's more intense now and our, our mental health probably yeah. took a, a big yeah. hit with that mm-hmm. with all this mm. stuff that's going on alright anybody have anything to add for this episode I, think this I agree thanks for having me episode. back ladies <laughs> <laughs> Of course, and I, as I explained before, she will be a permanent uh, special guest. So, can you tell us your um, your so app again? My Allison, she oh, made yeah. an app. It's called Soul Lace. It's S O U L A C E, and it's for connecting Black therapists with people of color. Okay, okay. shout out to Allison. Right? 
All right, Allison, come on now. <laughs> okay, well, guys, it's been fun. Um, we will see you guys next week again. And remember to practice your self-care. That is very important, especially at this point in time with everything that's going on and everything that's against us. Um, and that's it. That's all I have to add. Happy Sunday, everybody. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.